You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here, for coming out. Everybody who's watching online, I want you to know that you are very much part of what's happening here in this live gathering. If you weren't there, this would not be possible. Thank you so much. Also, this is the time where you can tag your friends, wake up some people in your neighborhood, wake up your your family, wake up your entire barangay, tag their names in the chat box right now. And let's spread the word of God. This message is something that I believe is not yours to keep, but for you to share to so many people. If you're standing beside somebody physically, can I ask you to do something can you give them your good morning smile come on just because they can't see your smile give them your good morning eyes right now make them feel your love thank you so much I want to welcome everybody to FBA feast at Barcelona Academy (laughs) thank you so much for 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 this privilege brother Alvin Barcelona thank you so much for allowing us this platform actually you know what this might be brother Alvin's platform but it's really God's platform and this might be you might say that you are the attendees but you're not my attendees you're not brother Bo's attendees but you are God's attendees and today he's got a message that he's gonna speak to you it's such a beautiful privilege you know a lot of people have been asking online and even offline asking us the leaders the servants brother Odi pwede ba kami pumunta dyan sa Barcelona Academy okay one thing that you gotta know is that we got a very few people here we try to maintain the the, the, the quantity of people that come in simply because we, we are still in alert level number two and we don't want to keep our guards down so we want to make sure that everybody's protected and all at the same time everybody here who comes is fully vaccinated but wait for news because we're continuing to believe that God is actually doing something and that we're going back in God's perfect time to a live gathering with all of you there and we're gonna sing we're gonna dance we're gonna celebrate and we're gonna have fun so good hallelujah I gotta get used to this this is so surreal so this is what it feels like to actually preach in jeans we have been doing this for 20 months and it's been so different but hey we're here and if I, I think that if there's one message that this live gathering is teaching us it's this God is telling all of us here today that it's time to dream again it's time to live again it's time to open the grave and say I'm coming out I'm gonna live I'm gonna live again that's why that song was so beautiful we never rehearsed that song so I want to to thank our our worship team why don't you give them a big hand we never rehearsed that song until we came here but the grace of God is clearly working in this place just a few announcements before you park your yourselves in your seats Um, feast conference is happening next week how many of you have already bought your online tickets raise your hand if you have not bought your tickets yet, you got time still. 
because there's 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 something that God is going to speak God is going to do something in this biggest conference that we have and it's something that's special it belongs to our community we're a part of it so please join you can still buy your tickets all right and also one quick announcement for all the single people do we have any single people here single people come on make some noise single people all right quick announcement we had our first online batch of our love life retreat last uh, August I think somewhere around August good news is that we're gonna have a second batch December 11 to 12 we're gonna have batch two of our of our online love life retreat for all the single people all right but get this, get this. A lot of people might be asking, Brother Audie, what is a love life retreat? Am I going to meet the one there? Okay, you might not meet the one, but you're going to meet the one. You're going to meet God who will change your heart and change your life so that you can become the right person when you meet the right person. All right? So that's a message and an invite to all the single people. Please do join us. Um, we don't have the details here, but I do hope that you can message us in our Facebook account. And by the way, uh, subscribe to our channels. We got Facebook. We got YouTube. That's simply there for you to subscribe in so that you can be notified every single time we go live. All right? So I'm going to take you uh, uh, up on that offer. Please subscribe to all our channels so that you would know when we would go live. All right? So I'm sure that everybody in this place is ready as well as everybody online. I'm not going to delay it any further because I know that you came here yearning and seeking for God's Word. Am I right? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do this together. How many of you are first-timers here in Barcelona Academy? First time to attend? First time to attend? Come on. First time to attend. Don't be shy. Wonderful, wonderful. That's a, that should be everybody here because this is actually the second time that we've done this. But we're going to do the declaration of abundance. And this is something that I believe we should do with every conviction in our heart. So can I invite, invite you? To signify and symbolize the greatest symbol of love as we all come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands out. Come on, let me see them. I never get to see this when I record. Everybody say this with me. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Come on. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings and healings and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant. Why don't you shout it out? And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, can you lift one hand? If you are watching us online, please do join us and stand up if you can, just to give honor and reverence to the good word that we're going to be reading for today. Help me sing this, everybody. Here we go. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Kita nyo, pati yun, walang rehearsals. Oh, praise God, praise God. All right, I'm just going to give you, I'm not going to give you the word yet because that's going to happen with the second, with the, with the first preacher that I'm going to give to you. But if it's okay, you can take your seats now. I know that you guys are feeling energetic. Everybody also online, you can take your seats as we turn all our attention right now to the screen as we welcome our dear, dear friend and good mentor, none other than Brother Bo Sanchez. 
Hi, everybody. So happy that you've joined us at the feast. And my prayer is that you will receive a visitation from God. God's going to visit you, your home, your family, your heart. That's my prayer. And I know that that's going to happen today. Welcome back to our wonderful, deep study of the Gospel of Matthew. And today I want to preach this message. Are you listening? I want to preach this message. Stick to your assignment until the end. Can you say that with me? Stick to your assignment until the end. Let me begin with a story. Once upon a time, many years ago, I wanted to learn how to play badminton. And so I asked a friend of mine, his name is Mike Joseph, who was a phenomenal, phenomenal player, incredible in badminton. I asked him, Mike, can you, can you teach me? So, so we, so first session, you know, he taught me the basics. Second session, he, he taught me some, a little bit, some, some more. On the third session, I mean, I was just what? In kindergarten badminton, right? Uh, on the third session, something unforgettable happens. We were, we arrive in the gym, the two of us, Mike and I, and we were dressing up when two guys, total strangers, come up to us and then they ask, do you want to play doubles? And, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I wanted to say, I don't know how to play. I'm just learning. I'm just in kindergarten. But I heard Mike, to my shock, says, sure. Whoa, whoa. I, I, I went near Mike and I whispered, Mike, 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 no, 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 no. My gosh, they look like star players. I don't know how to play. And Mike smiles at me and he says, relax. Just do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you to do. I'll take care of the rest. And I said, what will I do? And then he explained, this is what you do. See the net? Stand in front of the net. Stand there. Raise up your racket. And then whenever the shuttlecock comes near you, swat it down. Swat it down. That's all you do. That's your assignment. I'll do the rest. Okay. <laughs> and so when the game started, you know, I, I went to my position with trembling knees. And then I said, okay, this is what I'll do. And so the whole game, that's what I did. You know, shuttlecock come near, near me, swat it down, swat it down. You know what Mike did? He was like the flash. Because when I look at my left, right, he's there. When I look at my left, he's also there. Whoa, I thought he was here and then he was there. He was running around, back, front, you know, side, left, right. It was wild. Meaning to say, for all the 25 things that, that our team, <laughs> Mike and I are supposed to do, he did the 24. I did the one thing that I could do, which was stand in front and swat. I want you to know we crushed those guys. We won. Woohoo! We did. And the final score was 15-9. Do, do you know why the opponent had nine points? Because I made nine mistakes. <laughs> I did not do my assignment. There were times when I, I strayed. I, I went, I, I tried to do other things. And, and, and Mike said, no, no, you do what I tell you to do. This is what you do. And, and there were times I was just a spectator. I mean, Mike was so phenomenal. I just ended up watching him. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then Mike will shout, Bo, you know, 
SWAT, you know, oh yeah, 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 I'm a player, I'm a player, I forgot, I'm a player. And so, imagine if I did my assignment, we would be 15-0, right? But there, I, the, the reason why I share you that crazy story, um, by the way, Mike Joseph is in heaven, he's, he's passed on, he's also, he was also my spiritual mentor, not only my badminton trainer, he was, he was my, he was, he was an amazing man, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going out of my story, but he's, he's super, he's, he's just had an impact in my life. But the reason why I share you this story is this, two lessons I learned that day. Number one, stick to your assignment. Yeah. Number two, trust your partner. I believe that God has given us an assignment. We're supposed to do something. What's that? You know, Jesus said, gave us two great commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love one another as, you're, as you love yourself. That's it. You know, do your assignment until the end. But trust your partner. Can I make this announcement? I hope you're listening. Life was designed to be a doubles game. Life was never designed for you to do alone. You're supposed to have a partner and your partner is your maker and your savior. And he is the one who says, I'll take care of the rest. You do what you are supposed to do. My dear friends, today, it's been a wild two years this pandemic, almost, right? And have you ever, I mean, in your wildest, most fantastical imagination, did you ever think that you would go through such a cataclysmic event like the pandemic? It's like, whoa! And that's why today's reading is so apt. It's so perfect for us. And I pray that God will speak to you in a powerful way today. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, We're talking about the end times. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. Verse 2, but he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth. They will completely, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Now, what Jesus said, what we just read, was not only controversial. This was high treason. This was a betrayal of the Jewish faith because the temple was their greatest treasure. It's, it's almost like, you know, imagine if I upload a video on YouTube where I say, um, next year... St. Peter's Basilica and Vatican and, and the whole Vatican City will be destroyed by, by God's anger because of the sins of the church. I mean, can you imagine that that video will be viral in eight seconds and <laughs> be watched by millions of people? Um, it, it, what Jesus said was something like that. He was saying this temple will be destroyed. And because of that, the apostles who were listening to disciples, they asked two questions, okay? And, and the two questions were this. Verse 3, let's read. Later, Jesus sat at the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when all this happen, will happen. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So these are two loaded questions. When will the temple be destroyed? 
number one. And number two, what will signal the end of the world? Now, first question, I want you to know Jesus answers both questions, okay? The first question is, when will the temple be destroyed? Jesus answers in verse 34, where he says, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. I want you to know that 37 years after Jesus spoke these words, um, which is very close to the biblical number of generation, because he said, he said this, this generation will not pass, okay? So generation, biblical number 40 years. So 37 is very close to that when a Roman general by the name of Titus demolished this beautiful temple into rubble in 70 AD. Wild, right? So this is whether it was prophecy of Jesus or simply discerning what will happen based on the circumstances and events that was taking place during that time, Jesus got the date right. Now, second question of the disciples, what will signal the end of the world? Because in the minds of the disciples, the two questions are connected to each other, the destruction of the temple and the end of the world. They were indelibly connected in their minds. But in the mind of Jesus, both events have different timelines. So, um, the temple's destruction had a clear date, but the end of the world didn't. The second coming of Jesus didn't. You know, when I was seven years old, my very first movie in a movie house, I can never forget. The title was The End of the World. It was a Japanese film about America and Russia in a nuclear war, and the nuclear war destroyed the world as other countries uh, joined. But for an ancient Jew living 2,000 years ago, for them, the end of the world is much smaller. It meant the end of their temple. Like, like if the temple is destroyed, for them, that is the end of the world as they know it. But you see, what happened was, of course, you know, when their temple was destroyed in 70 AD, uh, the world continued. And you see, it's, this is very important, I, and I hope I can, I, can, I can share this, that the temple was destroyed to make room for a new way of relating to God. You see, for the Jews, this was the only way to relate to God. When the temple was destroyed, it now opened a path whereby people understood that they can relate to God through Jesus. Before I pass on the microphone, quote-unquote, to the next speaker, can, can I say this? That the world has been in chaos. The times that, that we have we are in is so uncertain and and people are afraid but in the midst of this chaos just like the disciples um, who were who were going through you know the destruction of the temple and this and that um, you know we've had and 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 that's what and that's what we're going to talk about in a while um, all the wild predictions etc here and there about you know the, the end of the world and what's going to happen can i just say this let us focus on what God wants us to do. Stick to your assignment. Chaos everywhere, confusion everywhere, uncertainty everywhere, fear everywhere. Stick to your assignment. Don't be a spectator. Do what God wants you to do.
and then trust him. Trust your partner. Audi, go preach this. Let's give Brother Bo a big hand, everybody. Thank you. Whew. One more time, everybody say, stick to your assignment till the very end. Amen. It's a, it's a very relevant message, don't you agree? Something that we need to hear, especially in the context of everything that's happening in the world. But let me ask you a very important question right now. How many of you here, just by raising your hands, you can raise your hands virtually also. How many of you were born before the 1990s? Come on, raise your hand. Born before the 1990s? Come on. That's, hello, hello, hello to all the titos and titas of Manila. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hand. All right. The reason why I ask that question is very simple. How many of you remember, if you were born before 1990, all right? You were mature, you, you knew what, the happening, what was happening in the world. Do you remember one of the, the scariest doomsday prediction that happened in the 90s? Raise your hand if you remember that. Scariest, just a few hands raising their hand. I, I got three people raising here. The rest have memory gap, I believe. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. The scariest doomsday prediction that happened in the 1990s, everybody will, will say, ah, oh, yung palayon, Brother Odi, was none other than the Y2K. You remember that? Yeah, the, 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 the millennium bug, which ironically is, you know, the millennials don't get, but it's sort of named after them, the millennium bug. What was the millennium bug? All right, let me explain very quickly. The millennium bug was something that happened in the 1990s, latter part of 1990s, where computer tech, tech experts said they actually predicted that the world is going to go into chaos. All right? It's an end of the world kind of prediction. Why? Because they believed that when 2000, the year 2000 would come, when the dates would change, they believed that computers would no longer be able to tell the difference between the year 1900 and 2000. So what they said was that once it turns 2000, the dates would reset all the way to the 1900s. Now why is that scary? Very simple for many reasons, all right? I'll give you the first one. It's because, you know, banking industry, for instance, they rely heavily on computers, right? How do they compute the daily interest? They use computers automatically. You know, they, com they, they, they compute the rate of interest per day. So imagine if the dates 2000 would reset all the way to the 1900. What would that mean? That they would not compute the rate of interest per day, but instead per 100 years. Can you imagine the kind of headache, the kind of stress? Who, who among you here work for the banking industry? Anybody? Anybody? All right, so you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, that's not all. Okay, here's the second thing. Power plants. Nuclear power plants that supply all our electricity, that supply the nuclear reactors, they also relied heavily on computers, you know, to do the safety precautions when it came to the water pressure, to the radiation level. So can you imagine if something messes up with a computer in the dates, we would have a nuclear disaster in our hands, right? Airline travel, air traffic also relies on computers. You know, if something happens, everything is scheduled by computer. So imagine the kind of disaster that would happen up in the sky if, if all those dates would get messed up. That's why a lot of people got very scared. They got very apprehensive when they heard about all this Y2K. Be honest with me. If you were born during that time, did you get a little bit apprehensive? Just like me? Anybody going to be honest enough to say, yeah? 
You were, right? A lot of people were scared. So people did the one thing that people would always do the moment they get scared. What do they do? They start panic buying, right? That's what happened pre-pandemic. Everybody headed to the supermarkets. You know, people filled up their shopping carts with groceries, a month's ration of food. During the pre-pandemic, what did the other people do? They stocked up on toilet paper, thinking that toilet paper will save their life at the end of the world. I don't know. That, that might be me. But that's what happened. People started borrowing money, borrowing huge amounts of money that, that, that they knew that they somehow could not be able to pay back, at least not right away. But then what happened? The day came, 11.59 p.m. of December 31, 1999. One minute left before the D-Day. And then the clock struck 12. What happened? Nothing, right? At least nothing unusual. You know, the fireworks exploded. People celebrated. People jumped up and down. Every Filipino home had every light opened up. The, the karaoke was, was in full blast. You know, nothing was unusual. The next morning, everybody woke up to a beautiful January 1, 2000, right? Everything was beautiful. The only thing that was unusual were the friends who borrowed money from you. They were already MIA. You could no longer see them. Nagtaguna sila, di ba? Di mo na mahanap. ngayon, di pa rin nagpapakita. People were afraid of the Y2K because it was a doomsday prophecy. And you see, there's a lot of doomsday predictions that have happened over time. That's not the only one. In fact, you know what I did this week? I googled. You can Google it. You can find it in Wikipedia. All of these doomsday prophecies, it, it's, it's all in detail there. There's like maybe what, five to six pages of doomsday prophecies. In fact, let me give you an example, all right? There was this two people. In 2020 AD, there was this uh, Roman saint by the name of Saint Hippolytus. Saint Hippolytus, and then another one, a Christian historian by the name of Sextus Afri uh, Julius Africanus. There you go, there's a picture. Sextus Julius Africanus. He wanted his name to be remembered very easily. So his name was Julius Sextus Africanus. And so these two people, they said that the second coming of Christ would be on the year 500 AD. Now get this, very interesting. Where did they base the number 500? Where did they base that prediction? That was actually the dimension of Noah's Ark. Okay, so people like finding patterns in everything, right? They like looking for connections in certain things. Ah, this is when the end of the world will be. But you know what happened? It did not come true. That's the reason why you're there. We're still here, right? It did not happen. And you would think, you would think that some, one of them, or at least both of them would quit. But no. Julius Africanus instead, you know what he did? He adjusted the prediction. He said, no, it's not going to happen in 500 AD. Instead, it's going to happen 800 AD. Because that's what you do when you fail the very first time. You keep trying again and again. Can, you get, can I get an amen from people? Can I get an amen from people? Is there anybody here? Just to make sure that you're here, all right? Another person by the name of Beatus of Lib Libana. Okay, a Spanish monk that said that the world is going to end on April 6, 793 AD. So you, you see, you've got all these people making predictions. There's also another one. His name is Gregory of Tours, a French bishop that said that the world is going to end between 799 and 806 AD. And we're just talking about the first millennium here, okay? In the 15th century, I'm almost done with my examples. In the 15th century, there was this German guy. His name is Hans Hutt. And get this. Hans Hutt was a little bit different because Hans Hutt woke up 
on a very specific day, on May 27, 1528. And then he said that at the end of the day, the world is going to end. So can you imagine? He's like, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Oh, by the way, you know, the world is going to end after lunch. So you got five hours to, let, to enjoy the rest of your life. So we got all these people doing all sorts of things, predicting when the second coming of Jesus would be. But then I got one good question for you. What do we do with all of these predictions? Would you like to know? What do we do with all of these doomsday prophecies, with all of these end of the world things that we hear from people? Jesus gives us a lesson, okay? We're going to move now to the gospel. In verse 36, Jesus says this. He says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. And then Jesus says, only the Father knows. Can you say that with me? Only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. Not, not the saints in heaven. Uh-uh. Not the angels in heaven. Not Mama Mary. Not even Brother Alvin, Father Bob, Father, Father uh, Mark. Thank you, Brother Alvin. Memory gap, sorry. None of them, not even the son himself knows. Jesus says only the father knows. But Jesus actually takes it a step further when he says that when I come, you will be sure that I have arrived. That's what Jesus says. The moment I arrive, it will be unmissable, it will be unmistakable that I have arrived. And you know what? I thank God that Jesus is not a Filipino just like you and me. Why do I say that? Because, you know, Filipinos have this habit. Whenever they say, I'm on my way, and then they're an hour late, what they really mean to say is that I'm on my way to the bathroom. Right? You got any friends like that? Can you relate to that? You got any friends who say that? On the way na ako, pare. Tapos two hours late. I'm on my way. Jesus, when He comes, you're going to know it because He says it here in verse 23. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is. Jesus says, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. And then he says in verse 25, see, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't even bother to go and look. Or, look, he is hiding here. Don't believe it. And then here's the word, everybody. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines in the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Are you still here with me? What is the lesson again that Jesus is trying to teach us? When it comes to all of these doomsday prophecies that you've heard once upon a time. By the way, you know, there is, if there's one thing that Catholics love and are obsessed about when it comes to, uh, to uh, doomsday prophecies, have you ever heard of the third secret of Fatima? Anybody here has heard? Raise your hand if you've heard. You've heard of it? Okay, so it's not a secret anymore. The third secret of Fatima. You know what? I don't have time to dive into the details of what that third secret is. You can Google that. But let me read to you something that's so powerful. Can we put that slide there? Something so powerful that Pope Benedict himself said. He says, no, maybe the next slide, before the next slide. The one with Pope Benedict. There you go. He says this. 
This is about the third secret of Fatima, all right? You got to listen to this. He says, a careful reading of the text of the so-called third secret, quote-unquote, of Fatima will probably prove disappointing after all the speculation it has stirred. No great mystery is revealed, nor is the future unveiled. This is what Pope Benedict is already saying, all right? Nobody knows what's going to happen, not even the father himself. So, Again, what is the lesson? Let me give it to you now. When it comes to all the doomsday prophecies, all the end of the world predictions, here's what we got to do. We need to forego. Everybody say forego. We need to forego all of them and instead focus on Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. Focus on Jesus. In other words, that's what Brother Bo was saying. Stick your assignment till the very end. Can you tell that to the person beside you? Stick to your assignment till the very end. Jesus says this. It feels like you don't believe me. Jesus says this in verse 12. Let me say this out loud, okay? He says that sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. How many of you here want to be saved? You want to be saved? Jesus says it plain and simply. Endure to the end. You got to persevere. You got to stay the course. You got to follow through. You got to carry your cross. That's what Jesus is telling you and me right now. Stick to your assignment till the very end. Can I invite everybody to stand up if you are physically able? Also those who are online. We're going to wrap up this message. I hope and pray that God has been using this message to bless you. We're believing in faith, Jesus, that there is still a message that you want us to, to hear. And I pray for open hearts, open minds, that we would hear this. Let me share with you something very, very quickly. Research says that there are two, go ahead, you guys can go up. Research says that there are two greatest fears or two big fears that any person whether you are from the U.S., from Europe, from Asia, Australia, doesn't matter what race you come from, doesn't matter what background you have, two greatest fears that all of us share. The first fear is the fear of public speaking. You agree with me? Public speaking. The preachers might not agree with me, but that's good because pe preachers are blessed because we got one less thing to worry about, all right? But a lot of people don't like taking the stage. Whenever you invite somebody to take the stage, they become a bat. Nagiging panike. Batako. Batako. They don't like speaking in public. In fact, I, I used to not like speaking in public. But the second greatest fear that any person will ever have is death. How many of you here are afraid of death? Come on, be honest. Afraid of death? Afraid of death? That should be all of us, right? I mean, even if you don't admit you're, you're afraid of death, there is that lingering thing that you are some, somewhat uncertain of what's going to happen next. Is this going to be painful? Am I going to feel when they're burning my body, when they're burying my body? Is this going to hurt me? A lot of people are very uncertain about suffering, and so they're uncertain about death. In fact, Jesus himself was uncertain about suffering. How do I know that? Because it says so in the Bible. When he was weeping in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said to God the Father, this is one of the funniest moments in the Bible and I'll tell you why. Jesus was, was, was weeping 
and he was talking to God the Father and he was saying Lord Father if there is if, if you are willing take this cup away from me and so Jesus in, in that moment he reveals his humanity to all of us in the sense that we like to negotiate with God whenever we have pain we like to negotiate with God whenever we're suffering and Jesus in this moment he's like dad you know instead of the cross instead of the crucifixion Jesus was like why don't we just do a fundraiser you know let's get the band together let's let's have a fundraising let's not do the cross but you know what Jesus did at the end of it Jesus says nevertheless not my will but yours be done in other words Jesus is telling all of us stick to your assignment till the very end you gotta finish it through you gotta you gotta walk what Jesus walked stick to your assignment till the very end but you see that's the truth you know a lot of us are afraid of death especially in the context of what's been happening in the pandemic we got a lot of people that we're losing it's been painful and to think about our own mortality but I got a suggestion for you today I got a little proposition for you today this is something that has blessed me and has ministered to me throughout the, the months of the pandemic that in the midst of everybody who is afraid of death here's my suggestion instead of being afraid of death let's be more afraid of hell let's be more afraid of that place see hell is real whether you believe it or not whether you like it or not hell is real what is hell hell is that place where you are disconnected from God take note all right let me say this out loud hell is not a product of God let me make that clear all right hell is not a product of God hell is not from God God is love amen and so God, because He is love, He's not going to allow, He's not going to want His children to suffer eternal torment. So hell is not from God. But why is there hell? Let me explain it in the simplest way that I can. Hell is actually an extension of what it means to have free will. Hell is what it means to have the freedom that you have. Remember that God gave you the ability to choose what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. And that's what God stands for. Everything that's good, that's pure, and that's, and that's true. But along with that privilege and that ability to choose what is good and beautiful and true is also the ability to choose what is not good and what is not true and what is not beautiful. And so that's what hell stands for. Hell is that place where you willfully and deliberately choose to disunite yourself from that unity with God that's why this is what we need to be more afraid of that we would end up in that place where we are eternally separated from God let me preach to you the honest truth today my dear friends Jesus came for you and me can you say that to the person beside you Jesus came for you this is basic theology. I mean, all of us know this. For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever believes in Him will, will not perish but shall have eternal life. Jesus came for you and me. In other words, Jesus gifted. He gifted. He gifted Himself to you and me. So what do you need to do? You need to receive that gift. You need to receive that glorious gift, my dear friend. Receive it as quick as you can and receive it as much as you can. In fact, you know what? Do it now. Don't delay it. Don't deny it. 
don't distract yourself from it do it now a lot of people always say you know I will start serving the Lord I will start walking with Jesus the moment I retire from work the moment I'm there in my deathbed maybe then I'll give my life to Jesus maybe then I will start this relationship with him Uh uh-uh start it now do it now don't delay it while you still have your breath while you still have your strength in your body choose to have life with Jesus you know choose to have heaven because you don't have to wait to get to the next place in order to experience heaven no you can actually experience heaven now where you are the Bible says in the Lord's prayer may God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven so as early as now do it now see the truth is my dear friend if there is anything that we learn in this pandemic I believe that it's this we're mortals can you quickly tell to the person beside you, friend? Mamamatay ka rin. Might sound a little bit morbid, a little bit dramatic, but that's the truth, right? We're all gonna die one day. One day, one day your body will grow weak. One day you're gonna get old. One day you're gonna have white hair and it's gonna fall off. One day you're gonna get all the wrinkles. One day you will die. That's the truth. Death will come but here is the gospel news that I came to announce to somebody today death may come but here's the news death will never cancel what Christ already conquered at the cross let me say it again in case you did not hear me because it felt like you did not hear me the first time death cannot cancel what Jesus already promised and won for you and me come on clap your hands if you believe that hallelujah death doesn't have to have the last say you know I truly believe this that Jesus did not come to this world in order to prevent death no Instead, Jesus came into our world simply to make heaven possible. So when you receive Jesus, when you receive the Son of God, you receive His paradise. You receive His peace. You receive His purpose. Come on, how many of you want to receive the presence of Jesus in your life? Raise your hand right now. So that's what you got to do as early as now. You got to stick to your assignment till the very end. You got to follow Jesus as early as now. Don't wait until that day don't wait this is that moment maybe there's somebody here who has been walking away from God and you know that I don't have to point my finger to who you are God knows who you are maybe you have been complacent with your spirituality and you've been delaying it you've been running away from God maybe today is the moment that you finally turn your around and face your Savior and say Jesus I need you I need you and I want you in my life so now if you're ready I want to lead you into a simple prayer as we worship the Lord it's a beautiful moment to respond to God's Word and I hope that you you join us in lifting up your voice and signifying how you want to receive Jesus in your life can, can I invite you to put your hand over your chest amen thank you Jesus for being in this place being in that place we believe that you are everywhere and we feel your tangible presence all around us ministering to us and as we lift our hands everybody lift your hands right now and look up even with your eyes closed Jesus we know where our help comes from we know where peace comes from we know where power comes from so we look up into the hills because that's where everything 
That's where our blessing comes from. That's where healing comes from. That's where our provision comes from. Thank you, Jesus. Even now, we praise you for what you are going to do in our life. Come. Come and be part. We welcome you in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.